This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. <laughs> so interesting. <laughs> Listen, I thought we were going to talk about playoff soccer, but instead... Ah. This hot pod is going to be about the slow cooker. You just got your first slow cooker? First ever slow cooker. Is this, not, is this not an English thing? I don't think so. Um, <sighs> maybe not. Maybe it's just me not being culinary. How would you just culinary? Culinarial. Culinarial? Oh, I like I that. I feel here you just add a, an extra like couple of st- syllables on the end of a word and it sounds fine. And if you say it with British authority, like Ex- everyone will believe you. Exactly amenti me. <laughs> See, exactly. You, know, you also speak Spanish-ish, sort of. See. All right. Well, hi, Ross. I'm, uh, hi. What are you making in your slow cooker right now? Short ribs. Oh, man. You know, I came late in life to... Ribs, like a rack of ribs. Yeah. Pork ribs. Okay. Is that again? Not, again, not a British thing. Yeah. And then I come to Vegas for my 30th birthday. Yeah. This is a while back. Yeah, I was going to say. And there's ribs. And of course, it's Vegas. So you just sit there. If you're not gambling, you've got a million sports screens in front of you at yeah. the bar. Yeah, sure. And you order the most American thing on, on the menu. Yes, I'll have some ribs. I'm going to get me some ribs, boy. <laughs> Uh, with smothered out <sighs> barbecue sauce. I love how I'm jealous of how you've spent enough time in America that you know the different kind of like dialects, like a little bit regionally. <laughs> like boy, he says boy. Uh, so yeah, ribs amazing, and then slow cooker. I get we've got two children now, and it's you don't get the same time to cook. Don't cook the children. So instead of cooking the children, there's not a lot of meat on the first one. Yeah. We're fattening her up. Don't or worry. the second one. I mean, to be fair, exactly. Give it a few years. And so you just end up thinking, what are we going to do for dinner? And we've run out of those frozen meals that lovely friends and family dropped off. Oh, that's part of it? In the first few weeks, loads of people just come around and give you free food and say, hey, we know you're too busy because you've got a newborn. Here's some food to stick in the oven when you're ready. Including a neighbour across the street that we never met. What? Went out and bought us these lovely pre-prepared meals and went, oh, hi, I've got a six-week-old. Here's some free food for you. I've not met you, but... 
please enjoy. You know, you've got a six-week-old. You should be looking after yourself, let alone knocking on your stranger neighbour's door to be incredibly nice and make us feel guilty for having never introduced ourselves in the last two years. Man, Americans, man, mm. they sure are nice, I guess. Lovely people. Wow. Good I job, always, America. Exactly. That's why stuck around. Oh. It's people. It's people that you like. Well, there you go. I've got no idea how that revolves around us buying a slow cooker. I thought you were sticking around for the pod, to be honest. I thought that, like, <coughs> I, I've kept it going just to make sure you stick around. Yeah, that was the number one <coughs> reason. <coughs> oh, sorry, frog in my throat there. Are you okay there? If, if, if you live next to France, you'll probably try and eat the frog. Well, exactly. I've never, never tried that. I don't know that. I mean, I'm not very adventurous when it comes to eating. I, I like ribs, um, but that's about it. wonder and if so... you could slow cook a frog. How about frog ribs? Is that a thing? Ooh. Oh. Well, the thing is, their legs are really spindly, aren't they? Yeah, I get. Probably I don't. not a lot of meat on them. I don't know. If you grew up with it, it's probably easy enough. Right? You probably have to eat like it's like chicken wings. You probably got to eat like two dozen before you're really gorgingly full. I guess so. What would you have with frog? I mean, frog and rice just doesn't sound right, does it? I imagine some sort of cream sauce. Frog cassoulet. That sounds French enough, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, good enough. I've got no idea what a cassoulet is, but it sounds French. French enough. I uh, Actually, I've realized that I've never eaten at a French restaurant in my life. Just yesterday, mm-hmm. we were. I've never been to a French restaurant of any sort. I don't, I don't know what happened. There were French restaurants all over Seattle. There are? Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, come on, man. I went to a place called... Shay something in LA once, but it was not French. It was like you've been to Madison Valley, yeah. Restaurant Luc. Oh, L U C. I've never been there. Thierry Rattero, the French chef there, lovely man. Yeah, everything is very rich. Yeah, oh, very good. rich. If you what? think American portions are big, which I do, coming from Britain, yeah. Wait till you see the French restaurant American portions there. Where did you come back from? Where you couldn't wait, and you got to the airport, and you like, I, I need a burger and a salad, and yeah. it came out with like ninety pounds of food, and you're like, oh, I'm back in America. That was Russia. Yeah, yeah I had a month in Russia uh, after Sochi, after the old Olympics down there. Yeah. Wow, you got your Olympic broadcasting jacket on today. Well, it's raining and it's really big and heavy and waterproof, so I thought I need to bust out the proper coats. Uh, this has rarely happened. Well, that's not true because of beer, but uh, I was at the Sounders match on whatever day that was, Sunday, and it was so fun and it was so exciting when I went by, walking by the little team shop. Not the like, not the main store, but the little shop in the corner. I oh, saw a jacket yeah. in there and I was like, oh, I gotta have that jacket. And I made an impulse purchase, $100 <laughs> impulse purchase, just to get myself a rain jacket that's it's got a little bulk to it so you stay warmer because we sit uncovered and it gets rainy and cold. I didn't realize that does everybody get a free poncho at the Sounders when it rains because it looked like everyone was wearing green sounders poncho the sounders charge you five dollars uh, not everybody now the people in the like the suites the field level suites that are mm-hmm. down at the other end that from me those people i think do because everyone in there had a had a, a poncho yeah you're in the cheap seats yeah, uh, pay your way so i've got a question for you i need your help with something i've been invited to a watch the election party where you're encouraged to dress up as a character from the from the american elections as a british person watching from america uh, I might need your help with this because I don't I don't exactly know which way to go. I just want to say that if you were going to do it, if you were going to dress up as a political figure, Paul Ryan, you got to dress up as Paul Ryan. You could nail what? it, and then you could like make a you could say like a, a mid, saying, midwestern things. Are you saying I look like Paul Ryan? Is that the issue here? More than I do, and I was like, I want to go as Paul Ryan. That'd be hilarious. That's but a good point. The dark hair and the the sharp jaw. I think you could pull it off. All right. Well, you could dye your hair, just yeah. shave a bit. Not for an election party. I mean, oh, all right. I thought the election was quite a big deal. My wife told me no shaving. Like she's like, I don't know that I ever want to see you without facial hair. And I was like, Well, that's 
I mean, that's that's my face, but okay, thanks. I guess face for radio confirmed at home. Done. Thank you, new wife. So then I started looking for political figures that have beards. Turns out there aren't any. uh, (sighs) Abraham Lincoln, hello. Uh, But he's not involved in this election cycle. Well, he's been quoted a couple of times. That counts. He's probably rolling over in his grave as well. I would think so. Lots of things that he fought for are on the the chopping block here. (laughs) Like, well, let's just get that out of the way. Um, maybe maybe Lincoln is a good bet. I don't know. Hmm? There you go. I, I thought about getting an elephant costume or a donkey costume and wearing There's, one of those. There are so many ways you could take it with this election. Turns out you can't get an Anderson Cooper wig like I want. Really? Yeah. I, <sighs> I, I might just get the spray, the white hairspray that turns your hair white. We'll do a wolf, yeah, do a wolf blitzer <gasps> then. He's got a beard. Exactly. I could be Wolf Blitzer. Done. Uh, now i got to practice some of the things he says that are insane. And then we were like, happening now, yeah. breaking news, nothing has changed, but it's breaking because it's a new minute of today and we need to keep Because watching. we're back from commercial. Yes. Um, breaking news, there's an election coming up. I wanted to go as John Oliver, but I realized I was going to go, um, I would be around people uh, with British accents and that the, you, I, I can't do a- you just got to try extra hard. Then. All I could do is, welcome, welcome, welcome. That's all he says. That's all <laughs> I, mean, I could do. That's and kind then of like, swear quite a lot. Yeah. They, oh, man. He loves his F-bombs. Let me tell you. So, if you think of anything that would make sense for my tall, spindly body, my frog leg body, um, that would make sense. Like, I could go as a giraffe. I don't know if they're very politically leaning or not, but... <sighs> I, I think like they're could... quite straight, to be honest. Okay. They're straight up and down, at least. It's tall. Um... Yes, I don't know. I, I'll I, think. I'll have a think. All right. I really have no. Like, it, it'd be easy enough to do the uh, to to go buy the the fun hair thing and and be a Trump character or whatever, or get the hair and then the red hat and make America great again and all that. But we like, we went trick or treating the other day. Yeah. At, at my locality. Yeah. And there were two people hanging out of a bar. One dressed up as. Donald Trump, excellent, and the other dressed up as Hillary Clinton, next door to each other, trying to make America great again on <laughs> Halloween. It was fantastic. They were just there, supping their their wine for for Hillary and their beer for Donald, uh, and I thought it was terrific. So it's easily done. I thought about going as Hillary. I think that would be very funny. Oh yeah. I think I have a some very conservative people in my family who I think would be like that would probably take pretty poorly to it. I think it would be hilarious. We'll do it. Stick it on the on Facebook and let the family rip you to bits. Get a Hillary wig and and then I guess I could go to like a, to like a Goodwill or something like that and try and find a dress that would fit my. I mean, I'm six five. It might be challenging. <laughs> well, that again is part of the fun. Stand up being a mini dress. Uh, um, I wanted to go. You probably don't know this reference. You know, I guess the Simpsons were big enough when you were young. Yeah. But oh, could, yeah. on Treehouse of Horror. Kodos and Kang, the aliens that come to Earth every year, they once ran, uh, they took over the elections, and one of them played Bob Dole and the other one as Bill Clinton, and then at the end they revealed themselves and enslaved the humans to build their next death ray or whatever, and I wanted to go as one of them, Kodos or Kang, but... That's a, a little, little obtuse, isn't it? It'd be, a, it'd, be a hard, it'd be hard to do that. I thought about Gary Johnson, because he was the New Mexico governor and I was from there, but there's nothing that really says this guy's Gary Johnson. I was thinking maybe bringing like a mountain climbing pick, uh, since he's a avid Everest climber or well, all you have to do is stand there and look dumb when people ask you difficult questions stick my tongue out maybe look like i'm a little stoned maybe there's a one picture a bunch of images i did a google image search and what comes up is he's wearing like a sport coat and then underneath it a gray t-shirt with a peace sign on it and uh-huh. i was like that'd be pretty easy to replicate i could actually probably make that happen but then i told my wife and she was like who and I was like, okay, great. That's uh, It's got to right. be a little more obvious than this. Well, in that case, you've just got to go as Ivanka Trump. Oh, that'd be the best. I'm tall enough, I think. Like, I think I could do it if I got some heels. I guess so. Six inches will do. Perfect. You've kind of got the... Oh, no, you haven't got the hair, I was going to say. <laughs> no, that will require shaving as well. 
Uh, well, that might be a little bit too far. Or it could be hilarious if I don't shave. That could be... Oh, there's a world of possibility here. Yeah. Can we have the election more than once every four years, yeah, please? Yeah, please. Because of the midterm elections, no one's dressing no, up for. No, one really no one's even watching on TV. Yeah. All right, well, that's exciting stuff. Now, do you wish at any point, maybe you already have done this, now that you've had anchor babies, uh, do you now wish you could get your dual citizenship and vote in the upcoming election on Tuesday? It's a really funny one. Somebody asked me this the other day, do you want to vote? Well, yeah, of course. Is when Britain has elections for stuff. Yeah, I make sure that I post my vote. Oh, good. And it gets back to the UK. So yeah, and then you think I'd be one of three hundred and ten million people, and particularly in a state like ours, which is pretty much always going to be blue. Yeah, you think is it going to matter? But then you go, well, yes, democracy. Yeah, of course, you have to exercise your democratic right. I'm going to do some tub thumping, chest beating. Speech stump speech now about why everybody should get out and vote yeah. just because that is probably one of the most powerful things you can ever do. So, yeah, I'd love to vote. Yeah, uh, I'm oh, never mind. I was going to say something crass and I'll just leave it at that because okay. I don't want I don't want this pod to go politics. Did you see Justin Timberlake though in his voting booth in Tennessee? I think it was where he's from breaking the law. Yeah, he kind of broke the law by tweeting a photo of him in the voting booth. But the funny thing for me is the Law says if you do that and you're prosecuted, it's either 30 days in jail or a $50 fine. Five zero. I mean, for Justin Timberlake, what a disincentive that is not to do it. I parked in a loading zone to get run and get a coffee the other day, and I was like, it's less than 30 minutes, I'll be fine. $42 fine. So parking or taking tweeting a picture of yourself, taking a photo inside a polling place in Come Tennessee. on, democracy, pull your socks up. <laughs> About the same consequences. <laughs> coffee, not worth it. It ended up Mm-mm. after the $4 I spent on coffee, $46 purchase. A little rough. That but better have been a really nice Ethiopian blend. It was a it was a good cafe caramel. Shout outs to Vivachi Coffee. They're my favorite. Anyway. Done. Um, yeah, I, uh, I I I would argue that if they do anything to him for that, that it's foolish because with his type of pull and appeal, he's actually probably turning more people onto voting than it was doing damage to the voting system. So I don't. Yeah, come don't on. Know. Have if, if people come out and vote because of it, I'm have you fool. been watching the baseball? That's the other big thing that's a going little, on right a now. A little bit. A little bit. So, at time of going to press, it's it's heading to Game 7. Yeah, so by the time this actually goes out, it'll already be over, and great job! Well done, Cubs! Nice. Okay, there we go. That was that was well done. It was like it was actually recorded this after the fact. Well, they both got to the final, it's fine. They, and they took it... So That's you play, success enough. You play 162 games, then you gotta play your um, divisional... Your divisional series, yeah. And then... Divisional championship. And then World Series. World Series yeah. So you're talking about an extra eight, ten games for each of them. So you're at the 170 game mark, about, and then you take it from there to seven more games. And ba- baseball really is the cruelest of, I think, all the sports. That if you go that whole season, not many teams make the playoffs. So you might have played 162 games for what feels like nothing. And then on top of that, you got to play all these extra ones. And if you make it to the end and you don't win, it's even more punishing than say another sport where the playoffs are. Short or like, uh, but as a baseball player, you never get bored, do you? You're always doing something. I guess I, I mean, except for I, I think the whole thing is sort of boring. I think the challenge Aww. to playing baseball is that you have to. I love baseball, man, but I think the challenge to baseball is that you have to stay focused even though nothing happens. I re- yeah, I really got into it. Again, very un un-Ameri- uh, un American thing to say. Actually, as a Brit, you know, you just don't think about baseball and, and watch it. You're boring. Three hours a game for 
nothing really going on. Don't worry, we have cricket. We understand. Like, well, the... yeah, exactly. English and cricket just. <laughs> but it's really enthralling, actually, when you get properly into it. Yeah. And it was around the time of baby number one for me when my wife is pregnant and we stopped eating out the whole time and we were in, we we're just at home. Well, what are we going to do? You just end up sticking on the Mariners because they're on every night. Yeah, you can count on it. I just really, really got into it. There's yeah. something gentle about the rhythm of it all. So. And, and if you have good uh, good commentators or if you like the commentator, I should say, then like they keep the, they give you something to tune into that's familiar every day, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I think is also interesting. Yeah, so don't bash the baseball. No, but I actually love baseball. I, I spent a lot, I have my season ticket holder for, uh, for the Mariners. Yeah. My point being that, like, if you're a player, game 107, what is that? Game 107 of the season, it's got to be hard when you're 15 games out of the wild card uh, yeah. to, like, motivate. Yeah, to motivate and to, like, not just be looking for chicks out in the in the stands or something like that, you know. Like you gotta like be able to like hang on and keep going for it. But then when you get to the playoffs, everything accelerates back again. It must be enthralling. And that multi-million dollar year a check. Yeah, that probably keeps it's you going pretty nice. Then you, then you watch a guy like Ichiro, who's a national hero for the country of Japan, I found out. Like, they're, like, pretty serious about Ichiro still. And that guy's out there stretching between every pitch and, like, making sure that he's staying loosened up. And no wonder he's 65 years old and still playing. Most people are talking to AARP by the time they're that age. And here he is still, you know, getting to the 3,000 hit mark. It's I know, incredible. it's incredible. And what's he, like you say, 70-odd. But uh, where is he these days? Uh, is Miami. The Yankees? Oh, Miami, okay. Um, do you have a do you have a horse in the World Series race? Yeah, either the Cubs or the Indians. Okay, well, yeah, that's I a... think either one of those is going to do it, and and they're fully deserved. Yeah, okay. Mm. I'm a. I grew up with um with a grandmother and my mother from uh, outside of Chicago, and so when I was a little kid, grandma uh... would come pick me up from uh, from kindergarten, and. In America, when growing up, there was two channels that had baseball that were on basic cable, and that was WGN and whatever the TBS or TNT, I can't remember which one it was. Um, and so either you were a Cubs fan or a Braves fan, because those were the only two teams that like were broadcast <laughs> there. And so I grew up with a grandma from outside of uh, Chicago, and I, she'd pick me up from school, give me some lunch, have a nap, wake up, and we'd watch the Cubs games together every afternoon. Same thing nice. you're talking about. When you're just doing the checkbook or whatever it is, uh, you put on the, the baseball in the background, and it just passes this time for you and so I grew up loving Andre Dawson and Sean Dunstan and Mark Grace and Ryan Sandberg all these guys that were fantastic um when I was a kid and so I have this like affinity for it but then I moved here and when Cubs would come to town once in a while for some interleague play the fans are the worst <laughs> oh, I couldn't stand the freaking Cubs my brother lives in Chicago he's a White Sox fan because he doesn't like the Cubs fans because it's like it's such like a it's such a frat party of like woo yeah high five like it's just like a lot of that um <laughs> And so, like, I, I've really turned away from the Cubs, but there's something about poor old grandma, rest in peace, that I'm like, ah, do it for her, even though she she gone. But, like, do it for her. Let's get this World Series so that way, like, my I childhood like comes really comes yeah. through. After this year, though, I'm back to hating the Cubs. So I'm 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 pulling for the Cubs. <laughs> Cleveland's a good story, though, as well. I mean, they both haven't won it in years. What yeah. is it? 108 years for the right. Cubs, and then 68. Yeah, yeah, I think it was 1948 was the last Cleveland, time they won. Yeah, yeah. So, either way, it's great, isn't it? And that's one thing about baseball's playoffs. Yeah, it is so tough to get in. You yeah. have to be a good team. To get in. No gimmies here. Yeah, I feel so like if your team gets there and they win the World Series, boy, they've really earned it. In the MLS, if you just start performing by, like, say, July, you could make it, as the Sounders proved this year. You can, like- be a, you can be a bottom half team. You can be the 12th team out of 20 in and have a losing record. Yeah. 
and you're in the playoffs. Yeah. It's got to mean more. It's crazy to like to know that you're playing so much, and the season for soccer is incredibly long as well. Mm-hmm. I, I don't understand the, you know, I hear a lot of talk about the British wanting to adopt a playoff system for um, for soccer or Never for Never going to happen there. in the Premier League. I, I agree, man. There's Never. too much money that gets in the way of that. Germany, actually, the German Bundesliga, which is one of the top five leagues in the world, They've floated the idea. Sure. Some of the lesser clubs, even, well, I say lesser, put it this way, Bayern Munich are at the top and they win the league every year. Because they spend they $30 spend zillion. Dollars. Yeah. of money. So they're not interested they in the They spend Ross system. Fletcher money on this. Well, exactly. So they're like, nah, I don't think so. We quite like winning the league every year. Sure. Which is the, the ultimate prize. But the other teams, actually, like Borussia Dortmund and Schalke and, and, and those other teams, are quite keen on having a playoff system at the end of the season, determining who wins the whole darn thing. Thomas Tuchel, the Borussia Dortmund coach, and, and Dortmund are generally the second team in Germany, said, yeah, I'm up for it. Let's play, boys. So it might be more realistic happening in Germany. And if yeah. it does, I think that could be seismic for soccer because playoffs just are not embraced around the rest of the of the world when it comes to the top leagues. I think it's a pretty cool notion though to to still put the same weight into winning the the season's cup whatever they call it in each different country to win your league cup but it's not league cup it's the, the championship the basically champion- the regular season. Yeah, to win the regular season like nobody gave two craps about FC Dallas. I mean, MLS is already having a hard enough time and like no one no one knows that the supporter shield was a big deal for FC Dallas because they immediately turned around and got stopped by the Sounders like it's a team who was garbage mid-season and so it it's got to be so hard to like to put the emphasis on the thing that actually says you're the best team versus the thing where like I ah, had one bad showing mm-hmm. and and punish yourself but the best team doesn't have that one best show or that one bad showing I guess it's a very it's interesting I would love to see um, the Champions League is so exciting because all these the best teams from all these different leagues all play against each other to see who's the best of the best and all the top name players all want to go to a team that has a chance to play in the Champions League so you can prove via playoff system that you're the best but I would love to see at the end of the season the top two, four teams, something like that, go head-to-head for a second cup. Yeah, that's probably one way of doing it because playoffs will be unpalatable for most of Europe. And I mentioned the opposition as well as some support in Germany. But maybe you just say, yeah, have a cup at the end of the season. It's not as big as the regular season because everyone wants just to win that that title. And just go for it. Yeah. And just, I mean, the players might be exhausted and there's things like World Cups and European Championships... If they could squeeze it in. I mean, Germany seems to do a really good job of managing their workload by only having 34 games a season and a one-month break over the winter, whereas the Premier League in England is just go, 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 38 games from August through to May with no break. And three of them in that week right after Christmas. Loads of games over Christmas. So I don't know. I don't know. I I don't think... I I can't say my lifetime, but I'd be really surprised in my lifetime if there were playoffs in European soccer. I don't care for the playoffs myself. This is the baseball is an exception. It's interesting because of the structure of the league. That's an interesting way of doing it. With you play a bunch more games, it's the best of seven. You do games back to back nights. You can really move through them quickly. Uh, but like as we're looking at the MLS playoffs right now, oh my God, they go on for. I mean, like we're you play a knockout round, then you start the next round. We're six weeks away from the final. Six yeah, it's, weeks! It's a long time, and it works in the opposite way as well, that 
some teams have, have ploughed through eight months of heavy lifting yeah. to get to the knockout round. Uh, then it's all of a sudden, wow, the playoffs are here. And they lose that first game and, oh, the playoffs are gone. If you're sporting Kansas City, you must but, be really felt hard done by that system because you fought to get there at the end. You, maybe you're unhappy with some refereeing or your own performances or whatever, and you're out. Yeah, what was that season four? Yeah, you know, it's it's a it's a really cruel one, and there's not like big paychecks here. It's not like everyone's the league minimum is not four hundred thousand dollars or whatever. The league minimum here is divide that by 000. ten, yeah, yeah nearly, and add a bit. Yeah, it's crazy, man. So um, for the Sounders now to be firing on all cylinders right now it doesn't even guarantee that in three weeks they'll be good. It's so bananas. What would you think of that game the other night, man? The Sounders were really good in that playoff game against Dallas. There was something different about that match, and I can't put my thumb on what it was. You could tell as soon as you walked into the stadium that there was something about to happen. Well, there's now a belief within that team that when they step on the field, they'll win the game. When it was the, the dying days of Ziggy Schmidt's coaching reign in the summer and the Sporting Kansas City defeats, actually, his final straw. 3-0 sure. at Children's Mercy Park to Sporting there was just a, a sad decline that they were going on the field to lose. Now they've built up such a momentum and Brian Schmetzer has done such an incredible job that they go on the field thinking they are going to win. And this other thing, they routed Dallas 3-0, the second legs to come this Sunday in my favourite place, Frisco, Texas. <laughs> uh, Switch for, on your air conditioners, it's Frisco, Texas. <laughs> for all intents and purposes, the tie is over. I can't see Dallas winning by four clear goals. But the thing that really struck me was the star man, Nicolas Ladero, came out to play. Yeah. Now, you might think, well, of course he will, because he's the star man. But there have been so many instances of high-priced foreign talent coming into the league, or any league, not just the, the, the MLS here. Hashtag Pogba. <laughs> but coming in, playing well when the going is good and the weather is nice... But then it's like in England, they say, you might be great when you play Chelsea in August, but what about a cold, wet Tuesday night at Stoke City? Yeah, Middlesbrough. Where the wind howls around the stadium and it's creakingly cold and aching and biting and Stoke are snapping into the tackles. And I thought Nicolas Sodero, well, I didn't know. I didn't know whether he'd come out to play. It was lashing down with rain. It was cold. It was the end of the season. Yeah. Does he get the idea of wanting to play in the playoffs? And quite a few foreign stars would shy away from that. But actually, Drogba. he... <clears throat> exactly. He came and played and scored and was just a presence on the field. And that, for me, was... Probably the most telling part of that entire game against Dallas. We saw a transformation from, I mean, we have very interesting seats because the game is super flat for us because we're right down in the front, but we're at one end. And so, like, you don't see the game, how it plays on the other end. But when they're breaking towards the goal, it's fascinating. Either to watch your own defense, try and keep it together and stop what's happening, or to watch your offense try and pick apart that defense. It's very interesting. And on the third goal of the evening in 10 minutes of the second half there that were so exciting, here comes Ladero just storming downfield after having played Kind of, he hung back for the first half, it looked like, and then just all of a sudden came out of the gate blasting over and over and over, bombing down the side. And here he comes right at us. And you can tell he's going to shoot. Like There's nothing that's going to stop him from He's not going to pass the ball to anyone this time. He's going for it. And he scores, and he doesn't break stride. He just keeps running and jumps over the ad board, and like he <laughs> plays for the freaking uh, Green Bay Packers. He jumps up into ECS, the supporter section. Everyone goes absolutely insane. And it was at that moment that... 
the Ladero jersey from the pro shop must have sold out. Yeah. Because he came out of that. The whole team followed him. The ref, stupid Salazar's over there yelling at everyone to not do that. They all do it. <laughs> it's 3 nothing at this point. Let them have their fun. They come walking back, and as everyone else has jumped back over and gone back onto the field, here's Ladero going another level of crazy. His excitement and passion and just like pulling on his shirt like I'm a sounder damn it in front of everybody was it immediately I think crystallized him for us it made him this uh this character this like presence that we're now everyone's gonna get behind not that not that he's had any problems so far but it like really solidified his, it just takes it to another level he became doesn't a, it? in uh in Dragon Ball Z you go Super Saiyan and your hair turns blonde <laughs> and shoots up into the air and, and lightning shoots out of you and then yeah it's that type of thing it looked like he was gonna start levitating he was so into it um and that's exactly the type of character i think you want to see materializing right now yeah it's a moment that people will remember forever rather like roger levesque's scuba celebration against new york yeah. what, six years ago i think it is now when he scored a goal in front of ecs sat on the advertising hoarding <laughs> and then went backwards holding his <laughs> nose with his legs up pretending he was diving scuba style off a boat into the water that just put him in sounders folklore and I think Ladero is well on the way to doing the same. Well, I missed you last week because I had a question, and that was, oh, what okay. do you do with um, what do you do with old Valdez, a guy who didn't score at all in the regular season play in the run of the regular season? He's one of your designated players. He makes you know a zillion dollars a year. He might be a great locker room guy, but if you're not getting results on the field, what do you do with a guy like that? The question totally changes i think when you see what a huge impact he's had in the postseason so far but what next year in 2017 what do you do with this guy look i think i don't even know if he's on the contract I don't well i'm not sure but if you can get rid of him then he, i think he's gone he's gone because he hasn't contributed enough what you can do though is give him a damn good send-off because he would be finishing on a high with those goals in the playoffs regardless of whether seattle go any further he'd finally contributed and can almost rest easy Having had a you know a pretty horrific regular season where he yeah. didn't score, so I mean again, lovely, lovely guy. And I dealt with him quite a bit while I was there last year. Just a superb individual, brilliant locker room guy, terrific professional. But on the field for a million and a half dollars in MLS, no goals as a forward isn't cutting it. There's no two ways about that. So if you're the GM Garth Lagerwey, you're looking to move him on. But at least you can move him on with a pat on the back. Yeah. And I didn't even think it was the right decision to start him against FC Dallas. Boy, was I proven wrong. Because he got that goal, second in three days, having not scored all year. Now you think, well, you've got to start him. Yeah. You've got to start him. Because you go with a hot hand. So that's a great little bit of, of, of managing, coaching from Brian Schmetzer to get something out of a guy that hasn't produced all year. And to see Jordan Morris bombing down the sides instead of like... Yeah, yeah. and he's he, Jordan Morris managed to be effective in a role that people said he couldn't play out wide. He's And he is better suited up front where he can run those central channel, channels and make those inside-out runs and pull defences apart with a bit of pace. He's, he's not a winger, but they found a way to make it work with him, Ladero and Valdez... And again, I'm going back to Brian Schmetzer. Great credit to the still interim, or rather, you know, he's, I mean, he's going to be the permanent coach, but great job by him 
to to get it done and find a way to get something out of these guys when it really, really mattered. A quote of the season for me from him, and I'm paraphrasing because I don't have it written down in front of me, but when they asked, like, if you don't make the playoffs, is the season a is it or is the season a success if you don't if you make the playoffs? And he says the season's not a success unless we win the MLS Cup. It's a failure if we don't win the whole thing, because that's what we're here to do. And like I like that not being distracted by the in the moment type questions and stuff like that. He's got his eye on the prize. He's like really looking to what the actual goal of the season is. Yeah, oh, he's a really focused guy. Yeah. He's a really intense guy. He's and a character, you man. You can't quite work him out. I like Perea for uh, for Dallas too because he's the opposite. He's yes, like he's such a fiery and passionate, and friendly, and he's well spoken. And and but sometimes he goes a bit too far. Yeah, and, but Schmetzer is very like well, like you ask him a question, he gives you the answer. He's not going to necessarily elaborate if he doesn't need to. He's yeah, very yeah. he's a peculiar guy, and I like that. I like having kind of an enigma. on Yeah, the it's kind line. of a mystique about him. I think it's a good way of putting. He's it. kind of a nerd. I think is what it is. Is what it comes down to. And, and I'm, that's why you are best buds with him philosophically. Now we got to get him in here and do a little podcast with them. Um, I thought it was interesting that all the home teams won by shutout in this first uh, the first leg of this second round. It's so confusing. You play both home and away. Each team gets to play at home and away in this uh, in this round of the playoffs. And every team, Toronto, Montreal, Los Angeles, and Seattle, all at home, all won by shutout. It was very interesting that particularly New York City FC under Patrick Vieira, this incredible former player with, with Arsenal and yeah. others in England, Smart man. won the World Cup with France in 98. He's the coach and he, he actually really turned them around this season. And his philosophy was to attack, 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 no matter where you were playing, whether yeah. it was home or away. And then it comes to playoff time. What does he do? He goes defensive. All of a sudden, the idea of a two-legged playoff game gets in his head and he changes that way of playing. And lo and behold, Toronto go and beat NYCFC 2-0. And now there's a huge hole for New York to climb out of. Overthinking things in the playoff is a big issue. And, and, and Ziggy Schmidt was, was probably guilty of that himself with the Sounders and overthinking stuff and changing formations and bringing new guys in. Alex Kasky against LA in the first leg of the conference final in 2012, for example. They lost 3-0 and Kasky hadn't started in the league since August. And you're thinking, what? What? And he never saw the light of day again, Alex Kasky. These are odd decisions that coaches make. And I think Vieira was, was, was guilty of that too. And so you see more defensive road teams in the first leg because all they're thinking is, let's keep it tight, let's keep it tight. Even if we lose just 1-0, we're in with a shot because we can fancy ourselves to finish the job at home. Trouble is for Dallas and for NYCFC, they've now got themselves in a big hole. Yeah, Dallas is the same thing. Such an interesting, almost, uh, what do you call that, the... Uh Billy Bean style uh, soccer where they're growing all their own talent they're trying to find guys that otherwise wouldn't have it Moneyball almost or they're trying to find these pieces and putting together this young team that they've kind of developed themselves and it's super exciting and then you get to the playoffs and you're missing your key guy and you just like well, okay change the floor. like let's change the plan then and it's like wait what what do you yeah hello is this really your team so um... then you expect to see the Sounders play the same way that they played at home on the road on Sunday then I would imagine well it's really interesting now you have a three goal lead probably not you probably then because you've done 75% of the work you do bunker in. There's no point leaving yourself exposed, particularly if Dallas score an early goal, because if they do and you still try and play open and and fluid attacking football, you're going to get caught because Dallas just need to, to... 
just throw numbers forward. So Seattle can afford to bunker in, invite the pressure, and they have great weapons themselves with Ladero and with Morris to counterattack and pick Dallas off when they want. Should be a fascinating chess match. Nice to see Alonso get a day off, too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he gets, instead of playing 17 games in four days, he actually gets a week to, like, re- yeah, recuperate. Yeah. That's nice. Um, none of those teams on the road get road goals, so that, I never understand this exactly, but they're not coming in with that extra little advantage of road goal being worth more in the end if it comes down to it. The good um, thing for Seattle is with three goals ahead, they don't need to worry too much. You you, know, they can afford to take a 1-0 defeat. But, but you put one in, you even, you take a, you lose two one. Don't make everyone nervous. All right, and I would love I would love to see Valdez get the start again, just to try and maybe see him keep that streak alive, get some get some heat. I thought it interesting in the uh, New York City FC versus Toronto game, uh, David Villa. He uh, lashed out and kicked a guy pretty good. A really sort of a dirty play when he got bumped off a ball. He kicks a guy in the knee, Cooper, um, and the disciplinary committee went back and they said he should have had a red card. Um, but the MLS decided it would rather have ratings. That's <laughs> what I saw. It was a really, really difficult decision for the league. Because they actually said it's not egregious or reckless, and I was like, I don't know what how you could see that. Though that's not either of those after, things. Yeah, after the play, David Veer kicks out at the Toronto man, and that is violent conduct in, in his knee. In 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 England, it's a three-game ban. Here, with retro refing, so this disciplinary committee have all got together and they've all talked about it and somehow decided there's no ban the only reason they've done that is because david Villa is one of the biggest stars in major league soccer the playoffs yeah. as we've talked about in this podcast are the biggest deal in major league soccer they do not want their stars sitting on the sidelines at yankee and, stadium and, and it's the way that the refereeing has gone live during the games they are refusing to hand out cards when they should be changing the terms of the rules during any game is wrong and it leads to these allegations of MLS being a little bit small time ducking the big issues but again at the higher level they want to see their stars on the field because it drives the game's popularity yeah and shirt sales and you want kids out there repping David Villa Mm -hmm. like a David Villa excuse me you want that out there you want the DPs playing yep it's it's a you want really it to look like one. Ladero, anyway. All right, Ross. Well, I know you got to go, but uh, Sounders Sunday, um, six p.m. It's four games all in a row, starting at eleven a.m., one p.m., three thirty, and six. You can see all four playoff games to determine who's going to make it to the next round of another back-to-back, and then after that, sometime in December, the tenth, sometime in December, we'll finally get to an MLS Cup. Hopefully, this we'll see the Sounders in there. Okay. 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 Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 